0: This is a Dauntless Media Collective podcast. Visit dauntless.fm for more content.
1: And I said, Grant, I'm going right now to move out of my office. I don't want to do it when people are around. And so I took all night and I did not in the dark and I moved out of my office, which is so weird. And I just, I just left. And as soon as the sun came up, I was driving down Hampton stopped and got an Egg McMuffin and it was done.
2: Hi, I'm Nate. I'm Gail, and this is Full Mutuality. Today on uh, on on the show, we are we have actually a guest that I'm very excited to talk to. Um, Me too. And I, I know I say, we, we say that a lot. We say we're excited about our guests, but we always are. Um, today, our Well, guest when you is...
3: pick your own guests, you're deliberate <laughs> about it, right? Like it's so true. You know, we can... People write us all the time and are like, hey, can you can you, uh, can you you take uh, this book author on your show? And we get a lot of those. Sometimes they're AI, sometimes they're real people, but oh. we're still, you know, we're, we're... It's fun when you run it because you pick... You think through who are the people you want to have a discussion? With. Like, who are the actual people you would enjoy sitting down and having a conversation with? And I know that when I've heard you discuss topics we'll probably get into today, I've been like, oh, when ah. Nate says I message her, I'm like, I, you don't have to run that by me. You know, I'm, I'm thrilled.
2: <laughs> so, so all of you who are waiting to hear who we're talking to today, um, our guest today is Dr. Camille Lewis, um, who teaches at Furman University, though you're currently on sabbatical right mm-hmm. now. Okay. Um, I do have to say real quick, I have been waiting for an opportunity to talk to you and um i I wouldn't say opportunity presented itself because i could have reached out to you at any time over the last 15 years and said hey let's talk even though i had haven't had a podcast for the last 15 years but um i i know i've I've been in touch with uh with you a little bit and your husband who was an old teacher of mine um and your your story is incredible so let's kind of set the stage um and I'll give a little preview about how we know each other and then feel free to kind of talk about what you do um, and then give us like your background. But okay. um, the the reason we know each other is this uh, <laughs> monolith of a thing uh, that's been yeah. in the news recently, yeah. um, seems to always find its way into into the news, okay. uh, a place called Bob Jones University. Um, Bob it Bob. is my... It is my alma mater. I graduated there in 2007, which was also the year that you and your husband left the university faculty. Um, So let's rewind. Let's backtrack and tell us your origin story. How did how did you end up in the orbit of a place like Bob Jones University? Uh, I think our conversation is going to also expand out into the broader world of the independent fundamentalist baptist movement so we'll talk a bit about that so I, I know that you are connected or have a background in that world mm-hmm. not currently connected yeah um Thank so God. so tell can us tell with, us yeah tell can, us who can you we are start with did,
1: childhood can we sure. start with I was, like how this yeah i was born in south bend indiana and when my when i was nine months old my parents converted to fundamentalism um mm. They had both had, I mean, to to use the the phrase. I have a PhD minor in religious studies, so I can can don that vocabulary like an, like an academic. But they had their conversion experience, but way before that, many years before that. But when they moved to South Bend, Indiana from Detroit, it they had good friends who kind of they joined in um, the church. So it was Community Baptist. I don't, that's a big old BJU church. It was a GARB church, ah, and yes. yeah, what is GARB? G-A-R-B church? Uh, General Association I'm... of Regular Baptists. So it's kind of a okay. northern Midwest conservative. Okay. I think Cedarville is still their mm. flagship school.
2: The church I grew up in was um, GARBC until about the y- the year that that my family started attending there. Oh, okay. they split off from the GARBC yeah. because the GARBC got too liberal.
1: Liberal, whatever that oh, boy. means, right? <laughs> right. Oh, boy. But my parents were always um because they were not raised in fundamentalism they were always very i mean love was paramount that was they the the rules were way secondary hmm. it was more like you you know you um this is the group we're in so we're going to we're going to go along but this doesn't necess- this isn't reality in a cosmic sense this isn't that big a deal so there was always this um foundation of love and family and i think that made me as when things got tough, that made me realize this is not good. And, and so they gave me a foundation that I really mm-hmm. appreciate. But, uh, you know, it, when, when, um, the church opened a Christian school, they decided that that's where my brother and I should go. And so, so from first grade through 12th grade, and even though we moved around, I was always in some kind of a Christian day school. I feel like up to this point, your story, what you've
3: just shared and Nate's, just totally track. Like the okay. grounding with parents that really love him, that converted into fundamentalism, even though they had a conversion story before. And like, that it's fundamentalism and him growing up kind of co- coincided. And then the growing up in private Christian schools, yeah, straight, yeah, yeah. straight okay. through 12.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys. All right. Yeah. <laughs>
3: right. Yeah, so I me,
2: relate to that. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, and I don't know about for you, but for me, if you were bookish in my world, the place you went <clears throat> was bob jones if you had any mm-hmm. if you were nerd you know that's where you ended up my brother is 8 years older and i you know in my world he hung the moon and that's where he was so I was like well that's where i'm going to go so right. you know um it just kind of made sense. i mean he bless him uh he's got a phd in rhetoric too so uh. so it makes <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason i did that you know and it was it was partially talent and gifting but it was also Steve did it, so I should do it too. It Mm. makes for fun um, family dinners.
3: You guys must have some (laughs) great debates going down.
1: (laughs) It is fun. It's very fun. But um, so it. it, And if I had left Bob Jones after four years, I probably would not have had the major trauma that I had. Everything started to get pretty terrible once we were in grad school. Once we Hmm. were married. I'm Go gonna ahead. back this
3: up a little okay. bit. Just because before we started rolling, I mentioned that I know you only got eleven demerit points when you were at Bob Jones, <laughs> did, which was kind of years. a big deal. Yeah. So people who don't know, Bob Jones gives demerits for being bad and for not being for doing anything. For nothing basically. Bad. Yeah, for not existing much. For even mm-hmm. trying.
2: For
3: yeah. Right. Yeah. For and, even trying to be good. <laughs> yeah. Right if you get caught
1: and, <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> and you flow under their radar as a student mm-hmm. and it was fine. You were, you were not, mm-hmm. you know, opposing anything or really out right. there and they didn't, they didn't notice anything. I was, but I, I, yeah, as, I,
1: I, I just, I kind of disappeared really. The two, the two reasons I got demerits were I didn't answer a call slip from the costume room. And th- what that was, is a call slip was a little note, little green note that you'd get from an office on campus that said come see us and i mm-hmm. i forgot and so that was 10 and then i uh forgot to check in or i was late to check in after going to the mall or
2: by yeah, one, one point oh, on
3: that yeah yes, but then so someone so has sh- your
2: beat though real quick there is we we know of somebody who has your beat
1: oh
3: really
2: um yes so lance weldy throughout oh. his four years <laughs> Uh, i don't believe he ever got a single demerit oh, Or maybe he man. got one. i
1: need to go talk to him yeah. well see if he got under 10 it was expunged
2: that's right so that's, that's right. i got
1: you know i would have here and there some but they all got expunged so the only mm. that's on my records 11
2: because that wow.
1: one failure to check in
2: i'll have to go back through the archives of our podcast when we had him <laughs> i need to on, listen to his lance, yes. lance
3: lance was on for those who are listening <laughs> into this one who haven't gone back in our archives lance was on talking about the book he wrote called oh, bju wow. and me oh yeah and that's a fantastic archive of it just is. being queer it's at bob a great jones book.
2: Mm-hmm. It, yeah. oh it's a word. fantastic book
1: that book yeah that was one that we read it i read it out loud to my husband on a drive probably from missouri home and yeah that was That made the drive. That's how Nate and I were
3: getting through it on my drives back and forth to see him. He was reading the book to me, and it was so powerful. Like we would, yeah, I would just stop and I'd be like, Nate, did you experience that? Was what Mm was like? Tell me about. Like, kind of give me insight into like the Bob Jones experience Mm -hmm. and what he grew up with and lived with. But going back to your story, to want to transition back okay. to that. So as a student, you make it through, you're, You they don't notice you. But then, I mean, you're a woman who starts getting degrees. Yeah. Who has I, opinions and thoughts. Yeah. Now you're educated. Now you're a teacher, a woman. Yeah, teacher so I taught there Jones.
1: as a grad student, which is part-time. You But part-time at BJU is full-time in every other planet, in every other mm-hmm. university. <laughs> so I taught three three-hour classes for four semesters and that paid for my grad degree and gave me $40 a month. God. Whoa. And room and board. And, um, sorry. And yeah, my oh, husband, my okay.
2: husband is doing the same thing.
1: <laughs> sorry. Is there, a, is there a lot of female teachers at BJ? Is that like a common yeah. thing or? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, there are. And a lot of them are wives. That's mm. a, that's another story. We could talk about that. in a, mm. But and so I got my master's degree in 1992. My, my, uh, research topic was feminism by the way. Ooh. Hmm. I'm sure they didn't like that. I thought Jones. <laughs> I <thought> Jones, Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Bennett Jones w- did not approve. She made that very cl- clear. <laughs> I have that letter that she wrote. Um, and then we taught my husband and I was in the voice. My husband was in the voice department. I was in the speech department and we taught there from ni- full time from 92 to 96. Then we went for our doctoral degrees at Indiana university we came back in 2000 and then we were forced to resign in 2007. So, that's
3: the time. So when did the trouble start? Was it after you came back? Was it before you went away? It was.
1: Or when did it- <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So, I had, I had, a, when I was in grad school, I had a miscarriage. And my second pregnancy came while I was uh, writing my dissertation. and my daughter died 3 days after her due date she was born still
3: yeah. my condolences
1: i'm sorry this is you probably need a trigger warning mm. for this but um that just rocked my world i mean that just mm. down to the to the foundation and so that when our son came in 2003 isaac he'll be 20 in a few weeks here. I was like, I don't want to mess this up. I mean, I finally have this little screamer. I don't want to mess this up. He's so awesome. And I, a friend, he well, fundamentalist parenting says that you were supposed to feed your baby every three hours for 30 minutes. Well, Isaac hadn't read the books. And it was very important for me to nurse him because with Elise, my daughter, I had never felt more useless when my milk came in and she wasn't there. I felt, I mean, utterly useless. So, in order for my own healing, I needed him. I needed to nurse him. But he wasn't... (laughs) he wasn't listening to what the fundamentalist said he should do. So I, I honestly he was six weeks old. I threw out those books and I thought, I'm just going to do whatever he does, whatever he wants me to do. And so that meant that he ate every two hours for an hour. And if, if you met Isaac now, this would make total sense because there's two <laughs> things he loves. He loves being cozy and he loves carbohydrates. So this is, that makes perfect sense. And, um, and so I was sitting a lot, and a lady, a friend of mine, an older mom, said, "Why don't you read every verse in the Bible where that mentions breastfeeding, since you're sitting there?" And I saw a whole new picture of God.
2: Hmm.
1: I saw that God does not want does not keep us at arm's length. The verse was, um, "Can a nursing mother forget her child? So I can't forget you." So God is a mother as a nursing mother. And I was like, I couldn't forget Isaac. I couldn't, I chemically could not forget him. And I thought God loves me. Like I love Isaac. And then I looked at my students and realized God loves my students. Like I love Isaac. And that's when the trouble started.
3: It's hmm. funny because as you're mentioning just that relationship with your son and loving him and how you can't not love him and be every right. with every cell of your being practically, right? Like right. Chemi- it's a chemical thing. Yeah. And how God loves us that way. And that whole imagery, what popped in my head is actually Nate getting in trouble for using Michael W. Smith's song <laughs> Above All at Bob Jones, he got demerits. For God thought of me right. above all. You those, said that. those
2: That's a heresy. That's yeah, <laughs> a heresy.
3: It.
1: That and- blew my mind when you told that story at, at, at the, <laughs> the podcast. I was yeah. like, yeah, oh my word. Of course that's <laughs> radical for these people, but that's exactly yeah. it. They don't, that's yeah. too much. Yeah. They, they see God as a boss, as a, mm-hmm. as a, as a manager. Then there's a transaction. Yes. They don't see God as a parent, as a loving parent. Is it just blows their mind?
3: As a as a as a mother on top of I mean if it's gonna be a parent, it's gotta be a dad, an authoritarian <laughs> cold, right. crack down right. on you, right. spare it the rod, spoil it the child, right. blah blah. Not kind of, yes, yeah. not a
1: not a mother. Breastfeeding that, mother. Yeah. Yeah. That that <laughs> is ever present practically. Right. Oh
2: blessing. so So the disconnect is I mean, from from your own perspective, it's happening in your own mind as your um, as your eyes are kind of being open to a new way of, mm-hmm. uh, of approaching and, and seeing the divine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm sure that's developing the discomfort within you. Um, was there also some external disconnect as well? Um, was that, was your new perspective, was that starting to like it, it, I come mean, out of you?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. In class. I mean, I had a, there was a, a board member's son Who was depressed. And it was the same, it was the same old thing that all of us were wrestling with when we were there. It was, it was in that sense very typical, except that he was a board member's son. Mm -hmm. And I had a stack of books on my desk by Jeff Van Vondren called Tired of Trying to Measure Up. I bought a dozen of them and I was giving them away. And I gave one to him. And his dad did not like that.
3: Oh, and I mean, and call I feel like fundamentalism up. is like, you should always be striving to measure up. Right. That should be your mm-hmm. life goal. Right. How can you tell someone to take it easy on right. that kind of a thing? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, well,
1: how dare you? And so that that went to Darren Lawson. And at the same time that happened, that's when I got the memo. Uh, Isaac was, bless Isaac, was two and a half. And the C D the campus daycare said that they wanted, it was called a CDC Mm -hmm. Uh, that I was to sign over legal permission for him to get spanked, and I was not going to do that. So, I wrote an opposite memo that they are not allowed to spank. So, this all happened kind of in the same time. So, while I gave that book away to my student, and I said no to the campus daycare for spanking, and I was publishing my dissertation, all of these things came to this meeting with the dean, Darren Lawson, if you want to cut that out you can but Darren lawson nope and Names uh, are staying in. yeah and he and you know he confronted me on all those things in the same meeting and that was the october 16th i'll never forget it, 2006 it was this it was this, this terrible day mm. and uh i could feel that the uh, the end was coming by the way he treated mm. me it was bad just mm. just wow. mansplaining you know um Condescending all of those things I you know, and I couldn't do anything right at that point, mm. typical for leaving high control groups where they just kind of pile on all the. Sins. So they're, yeah. they're upset that you're, you're
3: not okay with spanking. You're telling kids they don't need to try and strive to constantly be enough. And mm-hmm. you are in being, in p- having work published, you are intelligent. Mm-hmm. You are moving mm-hmm. forward in the, in the academic world. All that mm-hmm. is a threat. I had also heard somewhere too, that they called you out for being an egalitarian or so, oh, something. Yeah, okay. Different
1: so things. that was a few months before this. Isaac bless Isaac. He's uh, the main feature in the story. All I remember it was summer and he had just had a really, really, really stinky diaper. And so I was walking past the our van and I thought, "Oh, I'll just change him there. And I was, I'd taken care of him and I had the stinky diaper in my hand and I was walking to go throw it away. And Pete Davis <laughs> on faculty, on piano faculty, not mm. my colleague per se, confronted me on the sidewalk and said, so-and-so said you have, you and Grant have an egalitarian marriage. What do you have to say about that? And I said, yeah. <laughs> and again, I, I'm here holding this child, this little infant in the stinky deck. Like, yeah, well, that you can't. Mm, they, that And he just kind of stammered. He didn't really say anything. And eventually it came up that he um, arranged for a meeting with my authority, which was my, chairman uh dewitt jones and pete and grant and me and the whole meeting was i i still don't I mean, grant might remember more than i do i still don't know what we were meeting about it's so we have an egalitarian marriage <laughs> and I, for those I still don't who understand don't, I mean, we still have
3: for I those mean, outside this, is, this circle and don't know that term it just means having an equal relationship right. for men and women no one's ruling over the other that right. is that's and we the both basis make the decisions
1: together and mm-hmm. if one of us yeah. hates something hates an idea we don't do it
3: yeah just I treating mean, each other as equals. No one's in charge of the other person. No That's a charge. problem. It's not yeah.
1: that It's not
3: that frightening or scary or, yeah. But you know, to them, that is, that is, is, like, it's fascinating to know how horrifying that is, that a man who's not an authority over you, but just knowing that you are in, a, none of his business, but knowing you are in a marriage where a man is not in charge of you and doesn't tell you what to do.
1: And you know what? I, I used to bring this up in class at Bob Jones all the time about when, because the, the male, you know, in, in speech, Classes, you had a lot of preacher boys, and we would talk about I don't know how it would come up. I guess we talked about feminism. And I said, you know, there are things that women have more expertise on than men.
0: No, instance, that's impossible. Right? I said, for Men instance, know everything
1: about know. everything. <laughs> if there's a decision to be made, and I would say this about breastfeeding, my husband's not gonna be making that decision. But he just, he knows by osmosis. Right. He's a man. He just
3: knows
0: everything about everything. God gives them to <laughs> me. Divine insight. <laughs> oh,
1: it did. It blew, I think it blew their mind. I don't know. It did shut them up. Maybe I, because I said rest and scared them. You know, that's another story. Oh, that's another story. Oh, okay. this is getting
3: juicy,
0: Coco. Maybe I did. Yes. This is Michelle from Tulsa, Oklahoma. You're listening to Full Mutuality.
2: Thanks for listening to this podcast from the Dauntless Media Collective. If you enjoy what you're hearing, we think you'll also enjoy some of our other shows, which you can find by visiting dauntless.fm. Here's a sample from one of them. All right.
3: Okay. Welcome to the Thereafter podcast,
0: a place where we explore life on the other side of faith change.
2: We're here to break down the binaries, deconstruct the dualities, and wander through what it looks
1: like
0: to live in the gray. In church, we were told that life after leaving would be a
3: bitter wasteland of unfulfilling hedonism. But we've discovered quite the opposite.
1: There's actually a vibrant community of people on the other side of faith who are finding and co-creating space for hope and healing.
0: Come along as we explore the all-too-often uncharted expanse of evangelicalism, evolving faith, and the life thereafter.
3: Well, i saying the word breast triggered a memory. Yeah. This is, you're not supposed to say <laughs> these kinds of words among fundamentalists. Oh,
1: so Gavin is my second child. And, um, when we were, because I, between, uh, my first miscarriage and Isaac, I had four losses total. One of them being the, the stillbirth so that when we were getting ready to have, we wanted to have a second child. You know, it's a lot of nerves and i was scared. So I put a post up on my blog that said some, it was called pencils are all sharpened. And it was, it was a prayer. I said, I've got, I've got the book ready. Uh, uh Siblings without rivalry was the name of the book. And I, and I have another book ready, which was called adventures in tandem nursing. So that you so that there's not a rivalry for mom's attention. It was to nurse both a toddler and a infant. Well, I just posted a link to the book on Amazon and the cover of the book is a little cartoon mommy with a superhero cape on and she's flying through the air. There are no boobies on top of the, on the cover. Okay. It's all modest. You can delete that word if that's too much. There are none, but some young man saw my prayer in January of 2006, clicked on Adventures in Tandem Nursing, and somehow, according to Darren Lawson, stumbled into pornography.
3: Oh, you did it by talking about nursing. The slippery slope from a woman nursing to a man in pornography. It's amazing to me I how did it. sexualized so women I had to take are
1: the- <laughs> Yeah.
2: My God. I'm looking and at the cover right DAPC'd,
1: now. And he got dapc and he lost a student leadership position. And I don't think he'd listen to this, but I know who he is.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, it's I, so I'm amazing
3: how they'll blame women for anything what? a man thinks, like, thinks, literally thinks in his own head mm-hmm. because right. a woman's yeah, yeah. problem.
2: <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's yeah. dehumanizing of everybody involved. Yeah. Um. It's dehumanizing of women because it makes women objects. Um, right. And it's dehumanizing of men because yes, it takes they can't away control themselves. their right. Yeah. It takes away their their ability, their autonomy, their ability to think uh, and control their 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 thought processes. Yeah. All of it is right. is absolutely
1: dehumanizing. correct.
2: They they like to talk about how we are um we are so distinct from animals. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and yet. Right. And yeah, that's a good point. We can't, mm-hmm. we can't seem to rise above our animalistic mm-hmm. behavior.
3: <laughs> and, the, and the fruit of the spirit is self control, but somehow men have zero self control, but yet they're supposed to be the leaders like it's, yeah. all of it is mm. just doesn't make any logic. It's sense all
1: either. Yeah, it's twisted.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
1: mm-hmm. Absolutely twisted.
2: So I'm looking at the cover of this book right now. Uh Um, It is the Adventures in Tandem Nursing. Oh, okay. It is.
3: Nate's trying to imagine how he goes from that porn. He's like, "Let me see (laughs) this."
2: (laughs) Oh no! It it is. You can't try. No. It (laughs) no. It's like a a pencil art clearly done by a talented artist. However, done in the style. Yeah, essentially to mimic what like maybe a seven year old or a ten year old might draw. Mm Mm-hmm. It's, it is not in any way. But here's the thing though, um, and, and I'm not, while I am inclined to disbelieve the student, there's also a part of me that recognizes that at certain, uh, A, at certain ages, um, anything. can, that's fair. Can set, can set a, a, although you know t- a, this, this was probably a young adult, not a teenager, but still, you know, but beauty like, don't hits a different point. The
3: fact that you're also, hormonal, you know right. what I mean? Like, well, that's right. true, but that's
2: also true. Yeah, yes, I mean yes yeah yeah
3: <laughs> you're thinking of sex a lot at that age it's it's, no- it's normal it's Developmentally mm-hmm. normal that anything yeah. could turn you on and, i'm gonna and plug talk- my computer in keep talking
2: yeah yeah and also <laughs> um the the other the uh, to, to to your point where i was going with that as well is when when so many things are completely and totally off limits the yeah. most innocuous thing can can potentially set us off right right like like Um, in a cartoon yeah like a cartoon when we don't have a framework for any kind of healthy sexuality um anything and everything becomes a potential outlet for for um for sexual expression absolutely well it's Um,
3: just so interesting the number of like conservative men who end up on ashley madison like it's interesting how disproportionately represented they the people who rail against porn are in the most you know not right. just it's not even about the porn it becomes about infidelity it becomes about mm. the most dishonest right. kind of um betrayal stuff that you could come up with and it's like yeah this 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 clamp down on anything sexual and like turn everything into shame really ends up distorting dudes mm-hmm. who yeah, are unless lest, lest
2: we this. sound like we are vilifying pornography i mean like, look, there are there well there's, ashley
3: madison is not no that's exactly not what that exactly.
2: is and that's that was the the point i was going to make ashley madison is not a porn website. um it
3: is how to cheat on your basically cheat on your spouse, yeah. find someone to cheat on yeah. your spouse with like yeah. that's that's what that is, yeah, yeah
2: yeah, um, yeah. so that was a little a little so uh, a little detour <laughs> yeah, it was a, um, it
1: was a detour
2: but i, I th- but it's relevant to to help kind of set the stage for the you know the, the the type of environments uh that that fundamentalism and and by extension evangelicalism at large can create right. um and, the, it,
1: and the, the lack of mutuality in in <laughs> all of that it fits mm-hmm. oh absolutely yeah.
2: absolutely yeah and, i find and, uh, sorry go sorry, ahead go. go
1: ahead no you go ahead nate
2: so mm-hmm. oh, I, I was just gonna say, you know, I, I found myself um, in similar environments even after evangelicalism, working for or sorry, even after fundamentalism, working mm-hmm. for an evangelical church. right um, and uh, one of the the news items that's sort of like been in the headlines a little bit recently is our our new Speaker of the House, um, I Mike saw Johnson, that and uh the yes. fact that he has covenant eyes installed on all of his
3: uh, oh we had a whole conversation nate and i about covenant eyes because uh, yes. yeah it's that the was, same. that's a big thing inside of yeah. yeah. it's the
2: same software that my old church used for all all of our staff and we had our accountability partners um and oh. how sorry another no. another detour but yeah. how absolutely bizarre and unhealthy to make your son responsible oh, your, account- your teenage son responsible for your internet porn use that is is
0: or
3: even vice versa like yeah or or even the way around yeah yeah what
1: that just just,
2: mm -mm. as a parent i would not want to know i would not want that kind of involvement i would say you know what talk to your sex ed teacher um right
3: just the amount of control and inappropriate crossing over of lines mm -hmm, around this mm -hmm. topic that ends up with such a thing inside evangelicalism inside fundamentalism even more mm-hmm. i mean inside fundamentalism i'm thinking like oh, the spy yes. culture like the, the, the right. fact that somebody was looking at your at your blog and scanning for any like was this a thing where people like just constantly oh, yeah. following everything yes. you put up to yeah. come with you well that's yeah. how
2: that's part of how i got into into trouble um when i was at at the university somebody your
3: matrix you had listed yeah the matrix somebody was here.
2: was uh, looking at my uh, my myspace page Back in the day, wow! And um, Dalton claimed that it was somebody outside the university concerned about my spiritual well-being. No, no, no one does That's that except them no, <laughs> no. No. no, no. Even my fundamentalist church, they wouldn't know. My 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 fundamentalist pastor growing up wouldn't know what MySpace no, was. No, <laughs> no,
1: no, no, no. They, I mean, I. The, the summer we left, oh, someone who was working for the, I think the Dana Women's Office, told me. She didn't know I was in trouble, but or anything, you know, she did, she said flat out, she said, Yeah, my job is to look at everybody's, my space and social media, she she needs social media, but whatever, you know, their blogs to make sure nothing's going on. That was her job. She was a detective. She's what she called herself
3: if yeah. that's something i feel like that might be a distinctive like when i try and like between evangelicalism and fundamentalism there's a lot in common but like some little distinctives for me is the level at which they monitor you inside a, a fundamentalist culture and the where like you're accountable for every single thing like they they just scan through everything you say and do to find something to so, try yeah. and get you on yeah. something
1: something you're doing is wrong let me see if i can figure yeah. it out mm. it's like that list that that um rachel got from ross and friends of everything that was wrong with her that's what it feels like you know like why are you doing that that's a
2: creepy thing yeah Mm. yeah
1: and
3: so on as you were as you were on your way out you felt that that list was getting built up again oh my yes
1: oh my yes so it was so when it was the 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 conversations with my students it was my son they're not being allowed to spank him it was the dissertation, and they just tumbled. I mean, I it, it, there were all kinds of things. Were you in church Sunday? They said, that, you know, Lonnie Polson asked me. Uh, we need to know about that. And did you do this? We need to know. It was all this. It was just tumbling, 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 until in May 2007, Gary Weir and Stephen Jones asked, Jones asked us to write a statement of our, and this is a fun one, sin theology.
2: Oh, Which doesn't
1: make, make any sense. That's no, theology. That's, that's not, not a thing. No, we're yeah, weird. And the theology and it, is uh, your
3: belief in God. It's that's right. what that means. Mm-hmm.
1: So I said to Grant, I said, I think what they really mean is our sanctification, what we think about sanctification. So I'm going to write a document about the female. I'm going to write a document about sanctification. Grant, you know, edited it. My brother, with a master's of arts in theology. Looked at it. Another uh, local pastor who's uh, got an MDiv from Bob Jones, he looked at it. So, I mean, it was legit and we turned it in and Gary Weir and uh, <laughs> Stephen Jones emailed us a few weeks later and said, we have some concerns. Can we meet? Oh, boy. We were in Florida at Disney World when we got that, that email. Oh, God. <laughs> <I remember it. laughs> and so, we were like, this is it we this is it. We went and had the meeting and they handed us this document, six pages long, single spaced, and they gave us one copy. Of course they handed it to Grant. I said to Grant, may I see it for a second? They're talking about something. I asked if I could see it, and I went to the last page because I knew that's where the punch would be. Mm. And there it was. If you gotcha. Yeah. Your your statement while orthodox. Your statement is orthodox. If you cannot, however, if you cannot keep your position well, uh, If you cannot hold your position and keep from that was it communicating it to students, colleagues, and others at a distance from the university, we must come to a parting of ways.
3: If you if you what if you're not quiet about your yeah. position on yeah. syntheology, but wait, if it's, orthodox, it's orthodox, why right? why are why is there a problem right. with you? So saying, I said, I
1: said, what does this mean? What does that mean? What does this mean? And Gary Weir, no lie, went. He shrugged. Since it's a podcast, I'll tell you he shrugged. And I said, no, wait a minute. I don't want to mess this up. This is something new. What does this mean here? This is a new part. And he shrugged again. You wouldn't
3: tell You're going to kick me out. We're going to have to part ways if I express, if I Wait, others publicly... at a distance from the... Is that you all?
1: I mean, is it, you know, is it...
3: <laughs> you're a teacher for crying out loud. <laughs> no. Are you not, you're not allowed to give Cynthia all... Like, what
1: I don't understand. No, this makes no sense. I didn't either. And they just wouldn't tell us. But that's, see, that's how they do it at a high control mm-hmm. groups is that they yep. won't give you the satisfaction of a clear break or a clear reason because then you can, you have power. You have some agency mm-hmm. if you can argue that. That's so, so strange. Like they did they yeah. looked they thought they were gonna get you,
3: obviously with oh, writing Gary out sure, your for statement. Sure thought. It. on sin theology like now we're to show her she doesn't believe in sin the proper way (laughs) and then they read through it all and they cannot find anything in there that bothers them right so they've come up with some weird like it's just that's say we're gonna part ways over something and then it's like if you publicly whatever but you summed it up it's just Mm. it's so strange Mm -hmm. so you just at that point you're just like oh yeah we're 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 doomed
1: yeah and so then in, in um the next day that was a Friday, Friday the 13th. <laughs> hmm. The next day, Grant said, I saw a listing at North Greenville uh, for a tenor on voice faculty.
0: Hmm.
1: Uh, well, you know, what do you think I should do? He p- p- poked his head out of the shower and said that to me. And I was just numb. I was like, I don't know. Okay, whatever. And but within 10 days, he had had he had applied, had an interview an audition mm. and an offer. And, and that was him knowing that they were going to try and get rid of you both. And, yeah. a, you know, wanting to make sure you guys yeah. would be taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we went to the Burger King cause they had a play place there and the kids could play. And we just sat there and stared and talked. Can we do yeah. this? This is possible. Mm. And that was a Wednesday. And we said, yep, we can do it. We decided, I think it was a Wednesday. It might've been a Tuesday. And that night, Kids were in bed. And I said, Grant, I'm going right now to move out of my office. I don't want to do it when people are around. And so I took all night. And I did it in the dark. And I moved out of my office, which is so weird.
3: But like, in, in, so that's even weirder in in a normal environment. But I feel like at Bob Jones, what they do when anyone is quote unquote kicked out is they have someone follow them around as they get yeah, ready to leave I don't right know. they chaperone them right well that's if a student i don't yeah, know what they students. would
1: have done with me i mean i did wipe my my office computer clean um i didn't have anything on it but i didn't want them thinking that there was something on it so i had already cleaned and i just i just left and as soon as the sun came up i was driving down wayne hampton mm. stopped and got an egg mcmuffin and
2: Wow. So there's a You're um done. there's there there's something I, I, I wanna point out, the, the fact that you mentioned, you know, you noted how weird this is to yeah. be leaving your place of employment in the middle of the night. Um and it yes. Yeah I don't want to take away from right. how absolutely bizarre that is. Yeah. Um but i also <laughs> think it's important to note like so i, I read this book uh by jocelyn zichterman oh, uh, sure. a little while sure, back sure, sure. Um, called i fired god which uh-huh. is basically her documenting the the life that she lived inside the ifb mm-hmm. and then her escape from sure. uh fundamentalism and sure. um what i found fascinating is the escape narrative um and how you know, yeah. similar it is. How when people leave these extremely high control religious environments, leaving in the middle of the night for your own personal safety is so crucial. And and you know yeah. that like the fundamentalist mindset will twist that into like, you know, you know, men love darkness. Live in the than light, light, be curtr- are yeah, yeah. evil, yeah. And blah blah blah. Right. <laughs> but the the reason that people do this is because they fear for their safety mm-hmm. um, and they can't do it in in, in broad daylight mm-hmm. because everybody's watching. And the world that you're inside, uh, like yeah. yeah, we have no concept of the outside world. None. None. It's, it's non-existent. So we don't know that we could leave in broad daylight because mm-hmm. to us, this is our world. Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. to leave under the cover mm-hmm. of darkness. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think I remember Jocelyn's story and I I do remember feeling a parallel with that. Mm. She and I might have talked about that now that I think about it. I'd have to go back and and reread it, but yeah. This is you're right. It's a, it's it's not bizarre and I I mean, if you've listened to Leah Remini and her Exodus from Scientology, it's mm-hmm. similarly Yeah. Traumatic. Yeah. Mm-hmm and i'm assuming like
3: once you left bob jones it it created a cascade of like did it affect your friendships did it affect all the people in your life your church life everything else i mean i'm assuming once you're in fundamentalism it's kind of all tied in together pretty tightly
1: as soon as we decided and i left my office uh we first wrote our students then we wrote our colleagues And then we sent the letter of resignation to the administration. And of course, that was all strategic.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: And in that process, we told our pastor, Danny Brooks at heritage. And at first Danny was very supportive. He even said, you know, they changed the contract on you when they added that line. Others at the university away from the university. That's, that's adding to your contract. You were right to leave. That was in August, but by, October, he had changed his tune. And he wrote us this very long, very long email with lots of Bible verses about how we were wrong. And I think somebody got to him. Mm, You don't mm -hmm. change
3: 180 on somebody and then write them a long, long thing about it. With Bible verses.
1: He had to Mm, prove something. I don't know what it was, but there was something he had to prove. So, yeah. We were looking forward to being free. You know, just being us. Yeah. And we were looking forward to getting involved in church. I started I, I volunteered for a Sunday school class and then he in that email he basically said to Grant, you can't sing anymore in church because um people when they look at you all they're going to see is you're leaving Bob Jones. D the- <sighs>
3: And we were like, what? Well, did this, do you know if this church had connections? Oh, gosh, it's in their constitution. Yeah. It's in their uh,
2: constitution. I I, I remember attending, um, I remember attending Heritage too. That was one of the churches that I liked to go to Mm -hmm. uh, because it wasn't Mount Minnick. Yeah. The, uh, I, I kind of wonder too about the the possibility of money being uh some money exchanging hands potentially being removed from the uh the approved list of churches that students could attend and attendance at a church of bob jones students was was big it was a big deal that was a a large school that was a a huge potential population draw for your own church
3: um oh and and think about like when i think of fundamentalism one of the first things that comes to my mind just and i wasn't in it but just from the i have foster parents that were in it i know Mm -hmm. people who are in fundamentalism Mm -hmm. and what comes to mind for me is that the young people end up bleeding out and it ends up being fundamentalism ends up being a lot of older people that just stick around and stick around and so to have a fundamentalist church with an infusion of young people is probably rare probably very Mm -hmm. special and a very college
1: town kind Mm -hmm. of thing yeah Yeah, i agree yeah Yeah. and i know he did and we i'm sure i'm sure someone got to him and Grant wrote him right back immediately and said, look, Danny, I don't know if you're right. I don't know if you're wrong, but if I'm not, if I'm not good enough to sing solos, then we're not good enough to sing in choir. And Camille isn't good enough. And you know, he doesn't, we don't mean that, but if,
2: right, right. Yes. Of course.
1: She's not good enough to to teach Sunday school either. So we're out. Right. And, uh, I drove all the way the, the, I had just gotten the curriculum for the four year old Sunday school class. I drove all the way to Simpsonville to give it back to the lady sobbing the whole way. I mean, I remember I'm going to start crying again because we thought it shouldn't have been that way. But you know, that's okay. It, it, We are in a lovely church community now and it's healthy and it's a good place. So it, mm. you know, it's, it, it's it it is hard
3: to, it, you know, one of the things that I'm trying to process is the the people that I miss that I've let go of, um, who were not yes. good for me. I mean like situations like like friends that I've had to let go of, church communities, like people that were precious to me, mentors. Um right. close relationships. And the reason I let go is an extreme situation happened that shed a lot of light, you know, in different mm-hmm. scenarios. And I'm thinking of more than one scenario mm-hmm. where it's like multiple things that kinda of let you know this is really bad for you right and even though you go away and you walk away with yeah that was the right decision it doesn't really stop the grief of that loss it
1: is grief it is Mm -hmm. it is that's exactly what it is and it takes it takes time i don't know that it's ever completely healed but you come to an acceptance of it yeah Mm -hmm. right
3: and I think and I'm, I guess I'm bringing that up because if there's people, le- you know, listening in who've less, left communities, uh, mm-hmm. left toxic environments, I guess I was having a conversation with my daughter the other night and talking about the loss of friendship and, mm-hmm. and I'm, and then giving her a speech about how, you know, if you're friend, close friends with someone for a long time and you have to let go of that, give yourself, be patient with yourself yeah. if it takes a long time to get over the sadness of it. And yeah. then I was like. I think I'm talking to myself. You know, when you say something that. and you're like, <laughs> <a> self-reflection <laughs> is a, is a good thing, I guess. I'm like, thankful that I'm able to to see yeah. it, you know, right away as I'm speaking it and be like, oh, yeah, I need to hear this message yeah. for myself. But I think, you know, there's a part of you that goes, well, intellectually, I know that this wasn't good. So then I should just catch up, you know, and be over it. But like, if it things still make you sad, you know, if things, even as you're repeating them years and years later, yeah. you know, you it's, thought I was tearing up yeah. just thinking about it. Yeah. That's okay that's totally fine that's a healing normal and the more time you invested and the more it meant to you the worse and the harder that that heavier that grief
1: you're absolutely right and I know you're right and I'm thank you for saying it though (laughs) Mm. you know again
0: because it's it is heavy and I do miss I do miss those people
1: yeah yeah
0: hey everyone I'm Jessica from the Leaving the Village podcast I wanted to take a moment to say thank you for tuning into this show We're so grateful that you've decided to spend your time with us. Seriously, Dan, Gail, Kathleen, Nate, Scott, and the rest of us here at the Dauntless Media Collective couldn't produce content like the show you're listening to without your support. I'd also like to invite you even further into the conversation. Right now there are some great discussions happening over in the Dauntless Media Collective Discord server. If you're interested in chatting with other folks who are deconstructing and decolonizing the oppressive traditions they came from, please feel free to hop onto the server. If you don't know what Discord is, it's a place where communities can gather online for chatting on a wide variety of topics. In our Discord server, we have channels devoted to general deconstruction conversations, some meme sharing, therapeutic venting about whatever religious bullshit you're currently dealing with, and even a channel specifically devoted to talking about the latest episode of the podcast you're listening to right now. I hope you'll join us. You can log in directly to the Dauntless server by clicking on the link in the show notes or heading to dauntless.fm and clicking on the link in the top banner. See you there.
3: Yeah. There's a lot of loss that comes with leaving an environment. I, I don't want to pivot too much because I think it's good to sit in our thoughts about grief, Mm -hmm. but I'll let people take that as they will with their scenario. Mm -hmm. But I'm wondering, I want to focus on something about your story that I guess for me, I love Yeah, So if you do Um, need to
2: take a moment, press pause. (laughs)
3: okay yeah and then
2: come back
1: <laughs>
3: That's right. here we go. there we so go so now here we are, <laughs> here we are. On, a, <laughs> on an upbeat <laughs> on an upbeat note and i don't like doing that at the at the i guess because some people try and bypass the, uh, the yucky feelings you know yeah. just by moving yeah. on to something happier and i don't want to do that mm-hmm. but i since we're a podcast like nate said you can pause right. think through and then I'd come back but i was encouraged i mean i'm encouraged by your story knowing your husband and you as a team, went through this together, have mm-hmm. gone through a journey as a mm-hmm. couple. Do you have any thoughts on that? What is, I mean, you're in an egalitarian marriage. It should be a bad marriage. This is not God's design for you, Doctor Camille. What were funny. you thinking? It's <laughs>
1: funny because he Grant, um, we used to have a, a Westie, a, a dog. I don't know if you've ever seen a Westie, mm, yeah. Who uh, a terrier who was fearless. That dog had, I mean, <laughs> and you know it's a Scottish breed, and Grant is you know, got Welsh and German heritage, and he's the same way. I mean, that man is fearless. And he, if somebody is coming after me, he is a total watchdog about it. Mm. And um, it's a wonderful feeling. It's a wonderful feeling. So that when, you know, if it's Darren Lawson, if it's, Did men try and tell him to put his wife in order? Did he get those? Oh, oh, yes, all over the place. Oh, gosh, yeah, there's a guy up in North Carolina that didn't like something I said. And he, you know, oh, gosh, that happens all the time. What am I saying? It still happens. I'm saying
3: this out loud because it's (laughs) funny. It's funny when a man goes to another man and says, You need to put your wife in order. And I'm just like, I say, if you have an
1: issue, you know, you can talk to her about it. She's right there, you know, or whatever. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but, but the, he's got, a he's, <laughs> he's got a list on his phone right now and notes that if someone, because of this, you mentioned the book that I have coming up and I have a book that's being reviewed by a university press. He is loaded for bear if someone comes after me for that book. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you sh- I think he's got about a dozen points and it's lovely to, to uh, look at.
3: <laughs> so, he's got my back. So, that's nice. <laughs> I relate That's to awesome. your husband. That's a lot of yeah. my personality as well. The, the, the mama bear yeah. sort of like protective yeah. of my people. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Mm. That, and, and like, how beautiful is that? I mean, I'm just thinking when you lose, everything around yeah. you your community you know you guys left together yeah you guys have that bob jones experience you can talk about together uh remember that right. yeah yeah right. we went through that together even um, to the point now I don't, really- I, don't,
1: I don't know about you nate but um grant and i have a hard time because of the bju arriving late or arriving just on time for something we're always early uh- <laughs> it's just really embarrassing <laughs> in, with parties or something so-, so we'll sit in the car and wait and we're sitting there saying yep this is where we are you know
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so i those were after leaving bob jones after leaving the fundamentalist world um i i worked really hard on this i'm still there are that's still certain cool. facets of my life that I, I feel it creeping in yeah but yes. i i make mental notes like um showing up 15 minutes late to a party is a good thing that's right it is a good thing. do that and and i i started to 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 take some you know context clues from various people that I've learned from um like if people are waiting for you to start something show up early but if like for for example a social gathering, never be the first person to show up at somebody's no. house because no. especially if you don't really know the person no. or if they're like yeah, never. it just gets like what what do you do when you <laughs> when you're there I, early? My,
1: I tell my colleagues at Furman, I say this often. Look, y'all, because if I do something like that, and I said you can take the girl out of fundamentalism, but I'm sorry, you can't always take the fundamentalism out of the girl. And they're very sweet about it. They just you know. They giggle and
2: yeah. bring me back. Yeah,
1: but yeah, you need friends. Everybody yeah. needs friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: It's it's hard to let go of some of those uh, some of those habits. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I so so speaking of um, you're you're working on a book, and I don't uh-huh. want you to have to like spill any tea before I can do the a little tea. tea is fully brewed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Okay. Let, yeah.
1: Let's let what are appetites for the kind of tea? that Okay. We're so I have it's called right now. It's called clandimentalism where okay. race, religion, and hate intersect. Mm. Mm. And um, the premise, uh, the pre- you can kind of see the premise from the title, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, Montgomery, Alabama gets credit for being the birthplace of the Confederacy yes. and the birthplace of the Civil Rights Movement, but it's also the birthplace of fundamentalism. And it's really the birthplace of fundamentalism because the Ku Klux Klan in the 1920s and fundamentalism were one, and mm-hmm. nobody wants to talk about it. But I've got the, I've got the receipts. Yeah, and um, it's it's a the book is a confession mm. because it's easy if you're white, especially if you're white, heterosexual, cisgendered, um, middle class, to just ignore all of the
2: mm-hmm.
1: hate that's in our background. But it's there, and it yeah. needs to be exposed
2: yeah so. so that that connection point um so I, i'm i'm guessing uh, i did, did you coin the term yes. clandamentalism mm-hmm. okay um and i i do find that funny especially coming from bob jones and and knowing <laughs> that we had a, a building a dorm building sure. that i lived in um oh. that uh, i was I, I placed a request to be moved out of that building oh i um, remember
1: you said that in the podcast yeah
2: and i and i uh i I uh, had it denied it wasn't it wasn't a sufficient reason of course because you know nothing's a really non-white a sufficient person reason.
3: didn't want to be under a Klansman dorm and that's a problem like Nate why what kind of unreasonable requests are you making come on
2: <laughs> but you does it surprise issue, you
3: oh yeah no <laughs>
1: well, but he, he was the grand dragon he
2: mm-hmm. was the
3: grand
1: dragon in Alabama and mm. and uh yeah I got some stuff on him too
3: I mean, just that alone, that he would be the name of one of their, mm -hmm. their dorms is says quite a bit. I mean, and then, and then there's the Billy Graham slash Bob Jones stuff, which I mean, you have some insight probably on (laughs) that. So what
1: happened was on Good Friday in 1960. So that would have been April 13th, 1960. In his syndicated column, Billy Graham pleaded with newspaper column pleaded with, uh, Southern white Protestants to integrate. Um, he said, Jim Crow must go, which was the slogan of the civil rights movement. So mm-hmm. for him to say that is kind of dramatic. Apparently Eisenhower asked him to, to do that. Okay. So, and, and he, he did, and he made a good case. It was, it's almost tame. You know, when we read it now, mm-hmm. it feels very, very tame. Duh. Yeah. Like <laughs> duh is right. But Bob senior was very angry about it. And so on Easter morning, he went to his radio station, WMU, and he preached his segregation scriptural. Mm. Did that's, you have to read a, that, Nate, for as I, a requirement?
2: I, I did not, Okay. thankfully. At least I don't recall having to we read did. it. At our okay. age, I, in eight,
1: 1986 is the first year we had to
2: oh, okay. sign that okay. we read it. Yeah. Mm. No, we got the... Um,
3: it's his apologetics yeah. for why segregation is good, right? Right, Pretty much? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's we,
2: pretty we got, awful, too. It's really <laughs> awful. <laughs> we, we got to watch the... Um, uh the uh triple sticks going on Larry King live. You watch
1: that in like orientation or something?
2: Yeah, and That's we weird. I also yeah, I also had seen it previously because um my English teacher in high school is connected was connected to the the Jones family and we watched it basically the day after it aired in in class. So I got to see it um twice, once in high school and and once in um uh, I guess, freshman year.
1: That was a yeah. weird conversation. I mean, just when he said we did it because we didn't want to have a one world government yeah. or something. That was weird. I it was weird. Now I understand it. Yeah. And now that I've done my clan research, I understand what he's saying, but at the time I didn't. It was well, to
2: me part. that also, that also kind of alludes to the, you know, when you are mentioning the, the one world government mm-hmm. that alludes to that evangelical fear Of the the coming end times, the Mm -hmm. Antichrist setting up his one world government, and if you're Mm -hmm. unfamiliar with any of this, there's a whole series of books written by Tim LaHaye and Jerry B. Jenkins. (laughs) Yeah, that's right.
1: Tim LaHaye is a 1950 B.J. Yes, he is. (laughs)
3: there you go. <laughs> a grad who was very upset that some university was giving him honor and tribute after he died. After he wrote Martin wrote Luther an King angry.
2: Jr. Yes. Uh, they were uh, yes. I forgot what university it was that was doing a um, a tribute to Martin Luther King Jr. after We've he passed away. We brought it up away. on the
3: previous podcast. Okay. Yeah, and, sure, and Tim LaHaye like,
2: yeah. wrote an angry letter um, to that university. Well, <laughs>
3: <laughs> it just, it shows the theology, you know, just like, you know, it, like I think of end times and rapture theology being so cartoony and so non-founded in anything in the Bible. It's become its own genre. But it, it's amazing how many decisions currently that are made based on
1: a lot of lore. Oh a lot my of basically goodness, like, the dish. The yeah. Ta- yeah. Foreign policy. Yeah oh uh-huh. yeah shall very, we go on very relevant even <laughs> yeah. to right now right. And, and
3: world events and war and what how we'll back genocide as long as we could speed up the rapture like it's just really bizarre weird mm-hmm. um it's nuts. messed up stuff it's, it's nuts. nuts it's like let's let's bring about Jesus coming back in the destruction of the world that's what our goal is that's what we're excited for and it's it's scary to see a group of people like that running in U.S. government. I can go on, but I know <laughs> it is,
2: is very scary. Second in line to the presidency, second in line to the presidency. Like
3: he's the speaker of although the, the last, the previous yeah.
2: administration, Mike Pence was. Yeah, that's what first I was, in line, I, That so. was my <laughs> so
1: initial thought.
2: Bless yeah, him. Oh
1: goodness. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I think for people who don't have. If you didn't grow up in the U.S., because that's me in Canada, and oh, I think okay. anyone listening outside of the U.S., I think the d- d- the influence of evangelicalism on the running of the U.S. government is sometimes unknown because people are unfamiliar with evangelical culture. And so when you see decisions being made and stuff happening, you don't understand what's behind it, yeah. what is influencing or motivating it. But as an evangelical, you're
1: like, oh, yes, <laughs> yeah. you can see those, mm-hmm. those you know dots it. connecting. Right. And- you know it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. A, 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 like almost a knee-jerk response or, you know, mm-hmm. you see a chart, a timeline on a, somebody's wall and... <laughs> yes. Oh my god! <laughs>
2: oh man i remember that when i was in youth group when we watched the thief in the night um we had a a youth group lock in we watched a thief in the night and then our our youth pastor put up the chart
3: (laughs) (laughs) i read i read someone say did when you were young did you imagine dying by guillotine or were you not evangelical and that was the question and i was like oh my brother would like that joke yeah that's good
1: <laughs> i think it was april ajoy who does a lot of great yes. talks well, uh, you know that you painting know, of the rapture oh my that God, really man. schlocky painting that was in my dentist's office i can't remember i think it was in in when we were in tulsa and i remember oh, wow i mean looking back that's just weird that that was in the dentist's office
2: that is super weird it should be super weird but in yes in in so much of the u.s this is this is very normal mm-hmm. and you know for anybody who lives where i live um and are confounded by this cuz i live in a deep blue state sure that, like the when i when i talk about the world i come from people are like oh those crazy religious nuts i'm like they're running our government wake up yeah. like i know yeah. i know over here you know we're yeah, sweeping but- our elections but it's like look at what's <laughs> happening at the national level yeah. look at what's happening at the states that i lived in for a few years yeah. um not not to get too like caught up in politics uh, oh, I'm on, on politics, the show, but so. yeah, I, but I know important. you
3: probably don't want it. That's the No, no, no. It's yeah, it's but, totally
2: fine. Yeah. I just, uh,
3: it's important. Yeah. It's important. It is stuff. important. Yeah. I think it, I think, you know, that's, that's definitely, I think those of us who do have any sort of fundamentalist or evangelical background have a lot of insight into a lot of the runnings of what's going on in government, what's motivating things. And, and we know a lot of the codes and we know, and we can crack a lot of it's that. It's the code. Are outsiders yeah. of There's it. a
1: code that you can feel <laughs>
3: it. Like the one world government, what does that mean? And how does it connect to racism? Well, that's a nice way to convince, and this is, you can, I'd love to hear your thoughts, but mine are like, that's a way to convince evangelicals that it's not about racism by right. pretending uniting different groups is the problem because it's going to bring about this one world government, which is going to be the Antichrist right. and then the end of the world. And like, so this is, we're supposed to fight this one world government. And meanwhile, you know, when you'd scratch, you know, scratch and chip away at the the fake veneer on top, mm-hmm. you see that it's about uniting you know, this keeping segregation is about racism. It's, mm-hmm. Does your book co-
1: uncover some of those? Oh yes! Oh one? my goodness, yes! Gonna, it's yeah. it's uh, how Bob Jones College came to be in that climate, mm-hmm. and what anxieties and stressors were forming in Montgomery that that motivated them. So I start with Bob Jones' life, Bob Jones Sr.'s life. Mm. From his, when his ancestors first arrived in Charleston through, I st- I stop about 1946. Okay. Because I had to stop somewhere, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, that's kind of also his decline. He started to kind of stay home a little bit more. He wasn't mm-hmm. talking as much. So
0: mm-hmm. I, look, I,
1: I look at his sermons because I'm, I'm, I'm a, a right. speech critic. So I look at, at what he said, but also un- what's underneath it all. Like I've got mm. his grades. From uh, college.
2: Wow. I can okay. send you
1: the, a copy of the transcript if you'd like. It's really. Wow. It's real. If you like. It's very. That's fascinating. He has no business. He had no business starting a,
0: starting a university. A place of higher education. It was, it was
1: like, <laughs> wait, I, let me see if I can get. The, it was. Uh, um, yeah, here it is. His first semester, which he entered Southern University, which was like the Methodist School in Greensboro, Alabama. His first semester, English composition, so EN one hundred and one, uh, he got a forty-seven. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I just shouldn't laugh. Oh, that's so terrible. And, and if I'm, if he were my academic advisor, advisee, I would say, honey, you need to go get some accommodations. There's something going on here. Yeah. His second semester, he got a twenty-one in Latin.
2: You should not be starting. Mm-mm. An institute of higher Mm-mm. education, and you know
1: there are other things you can do. You but but it, being an educator is not one of them. No, no. You know, there's plenty of stuff out there.
2: I wonder if Raymond Saint John would have uh, failed him.
3: Oh. <laughs> That's a fun. Song. Oh, I'll say something controversial, but oh, to be a white man.
2: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> right. right.
3: Like, no, what right. qualifications right. do you need to start an institute of higher education? Right. Yeah, my Damn. white male connection. I could have That's... started a college. <laughs> no, you are you're, <laughs> you're you're missing the white actor Nate. I,
2: I couldn't have started college. Unfortunately, you are a, are not I'm missing a white man. the skin color.
3: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <sighs> the access to power, basically. Yeah, and to and to white
1: supremacist yeah. approval, basically.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, because he helped Bib Graves get elected. So
2: there you go. Yeah. There you go. Wow. I'll drink to that.
1: There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and Bib Graves are like this, right? Oh yeah. We're, <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, tight. Yeah. We're buddies. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I do have a question. Um so so BJU has popped up in the news fairly recently mm-hmm. um for a number of reasons. Um I I believe that there there was a situation regarding your uh, uh your state's um uh, Secretary of Education, uh, yes. Um, yes, 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 yes. who is a graduate of Bob Jones University. Right, right, Um, Do you mind filling us in a little bit about so that? So she,
1: Ellen Weaver, uh, I don't know the year that she graduated. She has an undergrad in mm-hmm. uh, a BA in political science, I believe, if I'm remembering. And uh, she worked with the, G, you know, the state GOP for a while. And then somebody got the bright idea that she could be the new uh, superintendent of education for the state. A public education. Well, that requires a master's degree. So she got on the fast track and got a master's degree at Bob Jones. She's a faculty kid. So her parents mm-hmm. uh, both are on staff and they <laughs> streamlined her and, and the whole state's making fun of it. There are memes cool. all over about, you know, would you like a, a master's degree with that? You know, it's a handsome Jesus chicken out the drive through window. Um, so, she she has no student teaching time. She's never been in a classroom for any length of time.
2: And that's the highest office in education uh-huh. in the state of South Carolina, correct?
1: Uh-huh. Right. My and God. And she's already... Um, in the process of, I can send you the news article I just saw uh, mm. this week. She's already in the process of banning certain books. Of course she is. And uh, Moms for course. Liberty are, you know, cheering her on. Oh,
2: of course, uh, of course so, they are.
1: I mean, so that just makes perfect sense.
2: Right, right. So there's that uh, mm-hmm. bit of news. And, the and link-
1: Saks, they, uh, uh, I was one of the people that wrote Saks. There were okay. lots of us who wrote S- the, the accrediting body. Yeah. And they said they looked into it and said everything was fine. But mm-hmm. I, I um, honestly don't know how much muscle the accrediting agency has.
2: But, yeah, so doesn't seem like a whole lot. Mm-mm. So that's one bit of news. We'll link, we'll link to uh, an article in the show notes. Um, there's also, um, some internal university news. Um, so one of the things that you do as well, in addition to the, where, where you were blogging about your own story, Mm -hmm. um, and we'll link to that in, in the show notes as well. But you also continue to curate a blog of information about the university and stuff that's happening Mm -hmm. in the school right now. So you're still in touch with, uh current students, am semi oh, some, I'm not, some okay. current
1: students some uh current employees okay. okay tell me stuff all the time um because so they Bob know Jones, I'm, you should be nervous there are snitches not just because that you are, for yourselves but tell, outside snitches they, are, they know i won't <laughs> tell their who their identity their mm-hmm. names right yeah. so um and i can mask some of the details in such a way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i keep it i keep yeah. everything yeah. So, that's also a problem. But the, what happened is that a year ago, this week, um, Steve Pettit let it be known that he may not get his contract renewed.
2: So, Steve Pettit is the... the, was, oh, the was the president of the university. Yes. Um, the this four, time last year. for many
1: years, right? Uh, or a
3: few
2: years. Or how 15, long was or 14? Oh yeah, fif- I can't 14 or 14. years. 14 or 15, years.
3: Okay. So, remember. like, almost 10 years. Almost. Close to that. Mm-hmm. And he was
1: very, you know, he's... doesn't have a academic degree. You know, he's not a professional academic but he was an evangelist and that's what they like and he was cordial and and, you know charming he was a charming man in
2: in the fundamentalist world if you could place the fundamentalist spectrum on sort of a left right internally he leaned probably a little bit left within the fundamentalist spectrum now to be to be completely fair that is far right of far right in the the i mean that's like world but
3: that's like a, a centrist person, centrist person in the U.S. If you put them in Canada, they'd be a like, right winger. Like, it's like what right. a left winger is in the right. U.S. So contextually, right. So Steve yes. Pettit,
2: Steve <laughs> Pettit was like, a, I guess, friendlier to newer generations, quote unquote. Um, and I, I remember, I mean, uh, I, he... He he was still not w- in the picture uh, when I was there, but mm-hmm. I do remember the Steve Pettit evangelistic team and sure. I remember him being very endearing to um to students and, and younger, you know, younger generations, as opposed to somebody like Bob uh, Jones, a third. Bob third. III. Right. right. Yeah, who's, do you
3: guys uh, think that uh, that engine. was a move? I'm curious, in both of your takes, do you think that's a move to try and uh, revitalize? Like, keep people attendance from sinking at Bob Jones? Do you think they I got think someone it, who was friendly was to younger I think it was at the people? beginning,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. I think they, at the beginning, sure. Yeah. And I think it may have caused some jealousy.
2: Mm-hmm. Jealousy? Uh, um, from
1: uh, the from the old guard.
2: Oh, 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 okay, right, right, right.
1: That he was That they couldn't liked. attract young people. And right, well, was he was and he was liked. And he was liked. And then the whole, you know, the whole... Uh, Fashion shelf. Fashion yes. Controversy happened. Yes. And that made some old guard very upset. And there you know, there are other things that made people upset. Whatever. Yeah. It's in a sense, BJU lost, has lost its brand. Yeah. Right. And um, if you're now, if you're a, a stinker, uh stinker fundamentalist, you're not going to, you're just not going to go to Bob Jones. Right. That's generally not where you're going to go. You're going to go probably if you're a very right wing, Cultural conservative, you're gonna to go to Liberty. Or if you're a, hmm. a hard-nosed fundamentalist, you're gonna to go to Pensacola or Maranatha, and there's just no brand left for Bob
2: Jones. They, they, is they, Hiles Anderson still even in existence? I think it is. Okay. That's I didn't even question. realize Pensacola was still around. I know yeah. Clearwater shut down. Um did it? I, oh Clearwater,
1: yes, it did. Yeah. I was th- oh yeah. Yeah, Clearwater yeah. shut
2: Clearwater down. Clearwater shut down
1: and and the thing up in Lansdale. Northland shut down.
2: Mm-hmm. Northland's yeah. basically just a camp at this point, right? They're mm-hmm. like a, a They're just back a, conference to a center. camp. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you're just not going to go to Bob. It's, it's, they don't, they lost their brand. And mm. that's how I see it. And that's why I don't, you know, as, as nice as Alan Benson might be, and he's even more vanilla than Steve Pettit. Um, I don't, he's the new
3: guy, he's right? He's the new guy. That's taken mm-hmm. over yeah. from,
2: yeah. So, so the story was that, that, that this whole, um, Controversy surrounding a number of different incidents, including this fashion show. So, 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 for some context, if you didn't listen to our our episode on this, um, there was a, f- a fashion show. It was a new um, major, a new right. pro- major program at Bob Jones, um, fashion design, and they the they they hosted a fashion show, and one of the seniors um, who was presenting their, uh, I guess, final project mm-hmm. um, had a a wrap coat on display that was you know and, and look fashion shows are art displays they are not exactly
1: they're not that, clothing
2: right it's this isn't what you're gonna right. buy right. At, at at the mall to to wear on no. a day-to-day basis this is this is an art piece that a student mm-hmm. is showing and they're showcasing i guess the the life of christ it a, it had, this was
1: piece. it a paul rubens i can't paul rubens did you hear what i just did <laughs> the, that i don't know if you want you might want to delete that <laughs> <laughs> Not Pee Wee Herman. Oh, right, right. okay. It was a. It was an art, a, a, an 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 old master's p- picture of the crucifixion. Maybe you do want to keep that in there. I don't know. <laughs> um, and in the and he, the the young man, the model who was wearing it had a crown that looked like a crown of thorns on, and it mm-hmm. was a. I can't remember what else was going on, but people were, people read it as offensive, as feminine. Is that fair? You think that was the, you know? I, you know what? I, I would say
2: it. Uh, my,
3: that's definitely how they read it. That's how they read. they
2: read it. And I would look at it. And and I would say it's like it it doesn't fit within any particular right, gender confines. Right. Like a, but a friend, a friend, if you no, were to a, put an right. old
1: Louis the yeah, like Louis a, the 14th kind of thing yeah. Like, yeah. Right,
2: yeah. Right. Right, exactly. Yeah. Not a waistcoat, but longer. Uh, uh whatever they're called. It was well um, done.
1: I mean, you know, the sewing yeah, had, was neat. He had interesting yes. sleeves on some of the other garments. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. I didn't personally, I found the way he explained it to be if I were his teacher. I would have said you need to say mm-hmm. this in a more um optimistic way. You're too pessimistic, but that's because the child is a fundamentalist, so he doesn't know optimism.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: um <laughs> yes. that's a little different kind of critique. But the fashion I mean the, the work
3: was mm-hmm, good.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Oh
3: yeah. I thought yeah. it was
2: a beautiful piece. Um and, and this became it's the subject- amazing
3: and it's amazing that that where I'm going to go with this amazing, the things that cause. Controversy right. So it the became subject of controversy
2: world. for an all like, I would have
3: never I imagined like, like,
2: <laughs> like I don't even really know the reason. Like we're, we're sitting here trying to parse something out. Was it because the, there was an art piece about Jesus on it? But, but what, but like the, the living gallery that they put on every year is, is, right. is in a similar vein. Was it because the, the coat, Gave a more traditionally "quote unquote" feminine style, but even yes. that is is arguable <laughs> because again, like I mean, you were old, mentioning, old, old. right? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Renaissance, yeah, Renaissance or Victorian apparel, uh, it, it fits within the male I mean, have you unquote, seen style. What, what
3: junior so used to I, wear? I'm gonna guess in today's Sorry. dance <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I, I feel like the current, the current. Uh, social climate is one where this need to define gender roles is intensified. Not that it wasn't always a big deal. Not that it always wasn't a big deal in fundamentalism that men are supposed to be exactly like this and women are supposed to be exactly like this. But with terms like non-binary and people acknowledging Mm -hmm. that some people don't fall into binaries, I feel like anything that could possibly, you know, like that seems to be like the default Yeah, there's a- a, You know, even more than like- because yeah. homosexuality, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like it, like homosexuality used to be the right. blame everyone top, like the topic, the right. top, hot boiling mm-hmm. point where it's like you know this this upsets traditional gender everything because who's going to be the head of your relationship? So then it has to be wrong. But now it's shifted to you know, and then fundamentalists, of course, are still going to go off about gay people. But I feel like in the mainstream, you know, conservative conservative world, it's fear around trans people and it's fear around non-binary. It's this idea that. Yeah, that you are not exactly in one or the other camp. And that's so scary. And it's just, it's always dominating media mm-hmm. topics and like yeah. headlines yeah. and it's discrimination and that, stuff. And I'm like, book bands, yeah, all those, those book bands are
1: behind. I mean, that's a similar kind mm-hmm. of uh, snowflake quality to all of those protests.
2: <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, so that's yeah, my so, guess. so like, we had right, that. Can he, um, was there
1: something else? Was there something else they didn't like about him? I don't know.
2: Well, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know what else was going on they, um, they didn't, behind the I scenes. Mean they, but he
1: was liked. He seemed the rules, mm-hmm. according to one board member, the dress code rules were not being enforced. Now, my opinion on yes. that is, you're right; they're not being enforced. They all need to go. That's a problem. Yes, you know, you don't have a rule if you're not going to enforce <laughs> it, because then right. it becomes uh, ripe for abuse, and then. The, the disempowered people get picked on but um
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know it, it's like it's the, the, the pox upon both their houses they're they're all rotten it's all just rotten
2: yeah yeah mm-hmm. <sighs> yes yes it is and and i think so there's the there's there's all of this that happened and it, and it turned into this, the, uh, this fuel. And, and we have, um, you know, a few episodes back. If, if you, if you go back a little bit, you, you'll you see, we have um, an episode, I think titled all you need to know about Bob Jones university, where we talked to to our oh, friend, yeah. Rick Pidcock, who covers uh, covers the university fairly regularly for Baptist news global. Um, and, you know, we, we were sort of analyzing some of the drama mm-hmm. that had been going down and it was, it was in the headlines at the time. I, I think looking at it now, my question given everything that went down and like the the concerns about the 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 chairman of the board yes. who was it John the Lewis but um yes. <laughs> um eh, like all of that plus where the university is now my analysis have where
3: he could go back to visit Bob Jones while they are oh, yeah how long do, how, how long do
2: I have to like dance some on their grave
1: it was the summer he was he he was giving it a couple years and he heard that from the finance people mm. their their finances okay. if you look at what I believe it was the Washington Post laid out for how you judge if a school is financially stable they don't mm. pass muster because they're not getting enough they're discounting tuition so much to get people to come mm-hmm. that the, it's not sustainable mm-hmm yeah. they lose out on and I have I do have the numbers on that oh, so wow. that that is a big tell again if you t- cite what the Washington Post says look for these things to see if a, if a school is is gonna make it and then you get this upheaval in the administration so, I just don't know yeah
3: that's a bad sign so what thing, like I guess
2: yeah. um my perspective and and I guess you could correct me if if you think my assessment of all of this is way off or if I'm if I'm close but I, I think bob jones university is in the from their perspective unfortunate (laughs) my perspective very fortunate position of um recognizing that for a long time they were the place to go if you were a quote-unquote intellectual like you were saying earlier um or in in my case involved in the arts right they were the fundamentalist institution if you wanted excellence in in those areas rhetoric intellectualism mm-hmm. the arts like right. that's where you went if you were a fundamentalist and you wanted those things if you wanted to double down on your fun- fundamentalism you had pensacola and you had hiles anderson you had maranatha you had maybe northland even um but the the intellectual and the artistic the talented they and went a, to Bob jones
1: the school of Bob art jones is, arts is gutted it's completely oh, gutted is
2: it oh yeah so Oof.
1: And I think that's been because of the, the management. It's just, it's just, so, so you don't mm. go there anymore. They don't have, they don't, that's not right. where
2: you go. Yeah. So there's nobody really left in fundamentalism, right? Because I can't imagine. No. Like I think it. you just, you, I think, from what I
1: remember <laughs> hearing from Gary Weir, uh, and I heard this through channels, their biggest competition is, um, actually, I heard it from the faculty uh, meeting minutes their biggest competition is the community colleges. So
2: interesting. And a lot of kids mm.
1: are staying home because I mean, it's cheaper. Yeah. The, the tuition at Bob Jones is pretty yeah. high. It's pretty expensive. So, mm. um, yeah, it's cheaper to stay home go to a community college or go to a public, public college.
2: Mm-hmm. Go to a public co- college. Yeah. So I think, and I, I wonder, my, I went, sorry, I just want to, uh, um, want to, no, 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 you're fine. Uh, I just, I guess the the position that, that I think Bob Jones is sort of like stuck in right now is trying to trying to regain the the student population and they they can't seem to figure out how to do that but that seems to be the thing that they're looking at because they're at the end of the day they're a university if they don't have a student population they have nothing um but they have all of these investors the these stakeholders that are i, I say investors quote unquote but in in terms of the um uh, um older alumni churches pastors pastors these the elders that have this idea of what bob jones university should be should have been and they're caught in the middle if they lean towards you know trying to attract students they lose funding from mm-hmm. their donors if they lean towards their donors they will not attract students right any longer. and so it's like it's um, it's
1: it's doomed and one of their big donors left the I, the, I think- the board. Hans Bernard was a big donor. Oh, and he left with John Lewis. So, see that uh, he was a huge donor. Mm. So, uh, you know. That's And when it
3: comes to problem. kids, too, like I'm thinking, you know, not just even funding like, OK, uh, you know, it's much more expensive to go to Bob Jones than my community college. But also, I don't know how much stories are getting out there about people being kicked out of Bob Jones and what even what the degree is worth outside of the fundamentalist world. I don't know if students are starting to realize that paper isn't worth anything. And if you if they decide they want to make an example out of you and in that culture, they need to do that with a certain amount of kids to keep everyone in line. Uh, your time is wasted and your money is down the drain and it's going to be so hard to get into another school once you've been expelled because, I mean, uh, normal schools don't expel you yeah, for no reason. Exactly. Right. So, mm-hmm. they don't understand, well, the reason you got k- expelled from a university is because it's nuts. No, that's not what they're going to, you know, it's going to be very hard. It'll, like, ruin your your academic
2: Yeah, I, I have chances. a number of friends who were expelled from Bob Jones and they tried, like, they're not from the from South Carolina and they tried to go to their community college or their their state school and their state yeah. school rejected them because they have an expulsion on their record uh-huh. so well, why would we you know admit a student who was expelled from a university um and that that's a hard thing to explain so they have no choice but to you know, wait a year and then return to Bob Jones if they're allowed to, right. um, or go someplace like, you know, you were mentioning North Greenville university or, right. or, or some, some school that like is sympathetic to the plight of the Bob Jones castaways, which aren't necessarily great schools in and of themselves no. either. No, they're
3: not. And I'm and and just yeah. thinking like how, how much a student might be more aware of this than in the past of just that idea that they can get kicked out. Those stories might be coming I th- out. And, well,
1: and, I think they are getting repeated. Mm -hmm. And and discuss like in podcasts like this, Mm -hmm. and I think it helps. I do think it helps. There's a lot of expelled or just frustrated students who leave. I mean, I I had an email from a student. She's now has graduated from another university, but she was a senior, and she was so frustrated. That she emailed me asking for help. Like, what do I do? I gotta get out of here. I can't mm-hmm. take this anymore. And she, there was, you know, she's a child of alumni. She, she had all the, the marks that she should be making it, but she's just, it was just too much. Over and over and over, these stories, I get, I hear these stories from people and it's just, and you Don't wonder go. how, how, but how
3: does a school like that even try and like, I'm imagining I'm Bob Jones, like I am the admin of Bob Jones. And we usually kick out X number of students all the time, mm-hmm. because that's how we keep this culture of fear going. And that's how we let people know we enforce our rules. And it's important that we're in charge and we're the boss. But then when you have very low enrollment and every student counts, like in my head, I'm like, do they start changing things up? Do they still kick out as many kids? Do they that's have to like, lock Instead rules? of demerits,
1: like, they now do fines. And that's now Steve Pettit instituted that. Wow. Okay, that's 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 interesting. (laughs) Isn't it? You can buy your
3: way. No. So so what happens? What happens
2: to the lower income students?
3: I know. Well, it shows they're about making money now more than controlling even, right? Because Mm -hmm. they're giving the power to the students who have money to stay, right? So Mm -hmm. that's that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: That's just oh. Wow, I'm sorry. That just—it still blows my mind. (laughs) It just blows my mind. The whole thing. Yeah, it's so obvious that it's a problem. I don't understand how they could. I yeah. Let's see it.
3: Don't fundamentalists make fun of the Catholic Church for penance and the idea of paying your way out of things, (laughs)
1: right? (laughs) Drop the mic right there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I honestly, I I think this is the this is material worth further investigation which of course you're doing with your work right. and your book um, which we're really excited for do you have any potential timeline is, is it still uh, well, sort it's of it's under review okay. and
1: so I it's I've, it's been edited I cut it down it was 150,000 words now it's 82,000 so yay me <laughs> so I've got a lot of extra stuff too but um, so I'm just being patient now mm. and I when I hear something I'll shout it from the rooftops so when a contract is signed i will let quick it. question uh
3: related to your book and an, yeah. one more teaser i want to throw out there was there anything you stumbled across as you were doing research for your book that you find really interesting or noteworthy oh, or i so thought much, pick one,
1: one little thing to throw it the most interesting thing is that bob jones senior and i don't know nate maybe it's just because i'm a i was there longer but i know bob jones senior's birthday as well as I know my own dad's. They repeated it so much. I only
2: just spent four years there. October... Okay, October
1: 30th, 1883. October 30th, 1883. His next oldest sibling was born four and a half months before he was. Ooh. Uh What? Uh-huh. 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 (laughs) So, all we know, we know is that they didn't, those two people, her name's Exie. Exie Ann is his older sister, four months, four and a half months older. Exie Ann and he could not have been born from the same woman. That's Hmm. all we know. Now, he had a sister die right around that time, too. So, I'm wondering if he's actually his, she was 18. And, you know, that's pretty obvious that he says that she died right around the time he was born. Um, so. Hmm. hmm, Could he have been? Is that his 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 mom? And they just Mm -hmm. scooped him up? I mean, that seems Hmm. like the most obvious. They also moved. So they had two under six month old children in the family and they moved away from their in laws or his, it was Georgia Creel's family. They lived right next door to her family and they moved like an hour away. In the middle of January, when the kids, those two babies, were infants, that seems suspicious.
2: And they, they plaster play? these people's names on residence halls, yeah. <laughs> thinking, Creole, just like, oh, yeah. uh, nobody's ever going yeah. to uh, look into this right. ever. It,
1: no one's It's ever just gonna. a name on a building.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Who was Bib Graves? Who was Georgia Creole?
1: <laughs> Who was Georgia Creole? Who was Estelles? I can tell you all about Estelle Siddons too. Oh, God. Uh, Estelle Siddons was Mary Gaston's okay. mom. And when Mary Gaston was five, her dad was Eugene Stolenwork, and he died by suicide. Oh, wow. She was five God. years old. Nobody ever talks no. about that. And 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 his the cause was, I mean, he had some health troubles. So I'm think, thinking he probably like he, he had gotten um, kicked in the eye by a oh. horse, that kind Ouch. of thing. So, he, you know, he had some issues, but, um, I don't know if that was it. I don't know. Of course. Oh. I don't know. Uh, Mary Gaston's brother died in a tragic drowning when he was 30. I mean, tragic. Wow. That was this. I mean, so these are the kinds of stories hmm. I found all over a lot of trauma, so. a lot of, uh, a lot of trauma a lot of trauma we
2: are absolutely looking forward to your book release um and
1: <sighs> thank you for Letting me talk and, and sharing Absolutely. with me. Absolutely. Thank you for
2: coming, joining us and, and, and sharing all of this. This is, this is enjoyed it. such great information. I think one of my takeaways is, it's, it's a few things, right? Like Bob Jones University, um, you know, I'm sure people will be listening and, and thinking, what do I, why should I care about Bob Jones University? And I know we've asked that question multiple times, uh, on this podcast. And, you know, the, for, for a few reasons. One fundamentalist influence on the, the larger, um, american project is is pretty pretty heavy and it's frightening it's Um,
1: very heavy it's
2: we like we can't really ignore yes like and i think i think it's we can hold two things at the same time right we have to be wary about the very wary and very concerned about the pentecostal influence on um on the american politics but fundamentalism is right there alongside pentecostalism um, right. They're, they're, the,
3: the new apostolic reform. Yeah. The, yeah. The new apostolic
2: those, reformation. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, those are the new Pentecostal sort of big movement thing going. Yeah.
2: Down. Yeah. Um, but. but but fundamentalism, while fundamentalism likes to cloister and and fundamentalists generally like to steer mm-hmm. clear of American politics, they are pushing their ideologies in there in insidious mm-hmm. ways. They
1: love power Mm -hmm. and so that's
2: that's one of the reasons we should care about all of this and then the other reason Mm -hmm. i think is on on the flip side um or on the opposite end of the spectrum from from the larger uh political project is the um the human toll and the the students that end up um suffering because of this the former students the castaways even alumni like myself who who yeah. thought we made it out unscathed and then years later are looking back and saying oh my god i've got these gaping wounds <laughs> that i never uh never <laughs> did I that? Did that go? <laughs> so i i, I think oh, yeah. I, I think if you care about people and you care about the human toll um you'll recognize that places like bob jones university are are rife with abuse i mean in one of our recent episodes um we spoke with with chris peterman and and and, right. and talked about the abuse toll that 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 places like bob jones take uh but then there's also the the larger scale that we were just talking about so i think those are those are two right two sides of the same coin and why why this is important yeah, to talk i about. i
1: can com- i completely agree and if we can for me if i can see that bob jones rhetoric in the 19 teens and 20s almost exactly parallels the stuff that's plaguing us today in our public sphere. The Montgomeryans got rid of Bob Jones. They kicked him out. They stopped him. So maybe we can learn from what they did so that we can stop the fundamentalists that are in our public sphere. So that's my hope. And Before.
3: and I think that's the beautiful part of learning history and why history is so threatening and is being kept out of schools currently is because right. when you learn about history, then you can prevent things from right. repeating themselves. You can, when you see the rhetoric today looks so much like something from back yes. then, you're like, how? Yeah. How will we repeat? How is history repeating? And it's because it's not being taught. That's yeah. like, so your your work is a contribution in that regard so we can learn from history. And <sighs> Thank, I hope so. Yeah. Thank
1: you. Thank you for giving me a chance to yeah. amplify it.
2: Yeah. So whenever the book comes out, We will be talking about it, and uh, yeah, looking forward to that. And thank
1: you. And I have—I'll send you some of my little. My, some of my data oh yeah
2: absolutely so absolutely it. looking forward to, yeah. to reading diving into that and we'll also yeah That's and we'll, right. we'll put some stuff <laughs> into, into the show notes so people can find you uh but just for the sake of those who are uh listening to us while they're driving or unable to like you know fiddle through their their devices w- uh, where can mm-hmm. people find you online
1: yeah. i um the best place is uh my website is doctorslewis.org mm-hmm. and my digital archive is what bju w-u-t and the name of it the formal name of it is what in the world bju and if you're if you remember those little inserts in the bulletins that they used to have in church that bju published what in the world <laughs> it's my little riff on that the oldest nice. and the latest about bob jones university
2: nice well thank you again for right, sure. uh, for coming and hanging out right, thank you this is fun Thanks for listening to another episode of the Full Mutuality Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us today.
3: If you haven't already, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Spotify, and pretty much every other podcast app. Just search for Full Mutuality on your app of choice or visit our website, fullmutuality.com, for links to all the apps you can subscribe to us on.
2: And if you enjoyed what you heard, we'd love it if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on our website. A quick review is one of the best ways you can support us.
3: Speaking of support, you can also partner with us on Patreon. For just $5 a month, you'll be helping us produce this podcast, and you'll get access to other content such as exclusive episodes, access to occasional live stream recording sessions, and more. Just head over to patreon.com slash fullmutuality to sign up.
2: Thank you again for hanging out with us today, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Full Mutuality Podcast.
0: This is a Dauntless Media Collective podcast. Visit dauntless.fm for more content.